Hello and welcome to the Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes here today with Pat Abendroth. And today we are talking about a heresy that teaches that Jesus is subordinate to the Father in his very essence. Indeed, that is a heresy. You might not know it's a heresy, but it is a heresy. It is under the category of Arianism. Today we're talking about Arianism. Yes, we're back to uh, our episodes on heresies with Harry and the heretics, or getting help from the heretics. Help from the heretics (laughs) is the series, Harry and the heretics. It for sure would be a good shirt, but we don't have one. No. Uh, Mike, any announcements, anything going on in the world of pactumology or pactumverse or anything like that? I don't know. I mean, we've had people inquire about the pactum snow globe from our Evangelikitch episodes. (laughs) If you haven't checked those episodes out, I'd encourage you to do so. But we have people here wanting to just shake the snow globe for the uh, sacred anointing of the the Pactum Evangelicus. It is true, but we won't be selling them. But <laughs> no. if, if you're ever in town here and you're at the Pactum studio, we will allow you to shake the snow globe. Yes. Uh, I had people here in town on Sunday wanting to, to touch that the heavenly gift <laughs> that is the Pactum snow globe. I'm refraining right now. I'm using self-control. I'm not going to reach over there and grab it. It's only a good uh, episode when it's snowing, I guess. They did, they did. The person who looked at it wanted to know if it lit up, though, but it doesn't light up. Oh, so it's kind of, you know, huh. one of those things. But it is made out of plastic, that. so that's good. We are going to be at the Ligonier Regional, Regional Conference in Escondido, May 13 and 14. That's 2022. So if you were listening in 2030, you're late to the ball game. Yes. But we might be going there then, too. So San Diego area, Mike and I will be there. We're going to attend the conference, and we might be recording some shows. Uh, and so looking forward to that. If you're in the area... Let's hang out. Yes. Let's, let's do some ha- Pactum bro shake or some some kind of <laughs> special Pactum what, what uh, genuflecting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Maybe we'll take the snow globe and let him have a. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the snow globe stays right it here. Would explode. I think our our insurance policy requires that we keep all yes. of those kinds of things here. Yep. Now, before we go on, I think. Um, are you ready for the special drink today, or should we save it for later? I, I'm, How you feeling? Let's, let's do it now. Okay, this is the special reveal party. The reveal, okay. We've got a reveal party. Pat's got something. I have no idea what he's yep, got. Yep, and I'm going to turn it around so Mike can see, because we, we do like to drink special drinks on the Pactum sometimes, and uh, I'm drinking a little coffee, but I brought two bottles of hot off the shelf, pun intended, hot off the shelf. It says caution, flaming hot, what? Cheeto style Mountain Dew. No way. I haven't yeah, seen that. It's, it's kind of hard to get your hands on. So Mountain uh, Dew, flaming hot. With a blast of heat and citrus. And uh, here we go 280 calories. I'm scared to death. Yeah, there, there's mine. Is it gonna be How's it going to be? This is the oh, second wow. time we've did, we've done something for Mountain Dew. Have you had it before? Uh, no, this is it. How did you find out about this? My my 15-year-old son I said. Which one of your boys knew about yep, this? But we couldn't find it last night, but I picked it up on my way to the Pactum studio today. Okay. What's it smell like? All right. It smells like Mountain Dew. It does. Mm-hmm. Ah. Waiting. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not as hot as I thought it'd no. be. That's not flaming hot by any it's stretch. Got a, it's got a little kick. Just a little bit of spice. It tastes like mountain spicy Mountain Dew, maybe. Yeah, you know what? I could do it. I, eh, huh. I don't usually drink regular soda like this, but I'm in. One more drink for the Pactum verse. Hmm. I was expecting some kind of pepper flavory, but it's just got a little kick. Huh. 
Inquiring minds want to know what well, to drink on the Pactum verse. It's Mountain it Dew. Like Mountain Flamin' Dew. Hot. Flamin' Hot. That's interesting. I haven't seen that yet. I think I, I might like Flamin' Hot Peeps. I bought uh, uh, Hot Tamale Peeps for my wife. Peeps? I just, I, you I, like Peeps? No, I don't. Oh, okay. But I like the idea of Hot Tamales. My wife likes Hot Tamales. There you go. <laughs> okay, so now we're done with the banter. People We've complain about too much banter on the front end of a no show. No way. But I've not heard any complaints banter. about our banter. They just don't like our views on Jesus and divorce and remarriage, but I digress. Anyway, Here I'm we still go. getting a little kick from that. Yeah, I, li- I like yeah, the way it, ru- it, might, it ruminates in your mouth. It's ruminating in my esophagus. <laughs> Molly and I went to a Thai restaurant, oh, last week, and I said, is it one out of five or one out of ten spice? I wanted the red curry with chicken and shrimp. And she said, um, she said, well, it's one out of five. I said, okay, I want a ten. Oh, dear. And she said, it's one out of five. I said, how about a ten? She said, I can do a hundred if you want. <laughs> <laughs> And she proceeds to tell me that the waitress all about some drunk guy that came in and wanted a hundred and all the stuff. And I didn't care. I just wanted a 10. Did you get, was it a 10 hot? It wasn't that spicy, no. but I'm just trying to play tough on the, on, on the radio waves, yeah. the Pactum verse radio guy. waves. Yeah. Tough I'm so tough. Yeah. I like it when it makes you spit, uh, spit, sweat a little bit. Yeah. A little sweat. That's good. I kind of like it. Okay. All right. So when we're talking about heresy, remember, we're not talking about things that we just don't like or things that might be semi-controversial. Right. We're talking about big ticket items. So in Christianity, typically something is labeled heresy if it's something that might keep you from heaven. Right. Yeah. A a direct attack on the doctrine of God, uh, Christology, soteriology, doctrine of salvation, something like that. So we're talking about heresy, things that are the big ticket bad guy kind of items. Right. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Arianism, yep. and this is episode 64, but you may want to compare it with episode 61, yes. Gnostics and Friends, because right. we talked about the need for, among other things, Jesus to be a human. Yes. Yep. It really is important that he really is one of us. Oftentimes we forget that he needs to be a real human to save real humans like Mike and Pat right. and all of our Pact and Verse listeners. But now we're talking about deity. He yes. needs to be divine. He is divine. The Bible teaches that he is. But for Arianism, Arius, not so much. Yeah. Not so much. We have five questions. Five questions. Five questions about yeah. Arianism. Mike, what's the first question about first Arianism? Question mm, is, let me guess. It should be pretty obvious. Is Arianism? Oh wow! What is it? I never thought that would be the question. <laughs> Define what, it. Tell us all about what it. is Aria, uh, Arianism. Yeah. Arianism. Well, first of all, we should acknowledge that it's not that other kind of bad Arianism. No, the kind associated no. with Nazi Germany. No, spelled with an I. That's bad, also. Yes, but yes. this is spelled not with a Y, but with an I. Yep. Arianism named after Arius lived in the 300s. There's a little bit of guesswork going on. 256 to 336 uh, was the resource that I looked at last I checked. Mm-hmm. He's from Africa, and uh, he gives his name, if you will, even if he didn't want his name attached to it. Arianism, Arius, Arianism gives his name to one of Christianity's most troublesome schisms, according to the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology. Yes. Yeah. So Arianism, that's, it comes from Arius. That's a no brainer there. Uh, but Mike Horton says Arianism also called subordinationism, which is actually important in light of what we're going to talk about a little later yep. when yep. we talk about modern evangelicals and what they do in having the son subordinate to the father. So Arianism also subordinationism uh, teaches only the father is God in the fullest sense. The son and the spirit are ontologically when you're talking about the very essence, they're ontologically in Inferior. According mm. to Arianism, the Son is the first created being. Hmm. 
So it's not, Arius acknowledged Jesus is super important, right? Right, right. And he's special. He's extra special. He's not like other created beings, and yet he is... A creative, a creative being. He's a creative yeah, being. Yeah, right. Uh, sort of the jingle that goes with Arianism would be... There was a time when Christ was not. Okay, so no. there there was a time. That, that's, that's the jingle that would have been associated with Arianism. Yes. There was a time when Christ was not. And we all know here on the Pactum and everyone who participates in the Pactum world, the Pactum universe, uh, the Son is the eternal Son. But Arianism as a heresy would have taught there was a time when Christ was not. not. Contrary yeah. to Scripture, right. contrary to classic Christian doctrine. Right. That's why we call it heresy. Yes, it is. All right. So, but not only what are we denying the eternality of Jesus if we're talking about Arianism, right. there's another aspect involved. Yep, and it's that Christ was not the same essence, or that he was subordinate in his essence. Okay, so it's a little bit different. You right. might think of it as not quite as important, but it's actually really important. Yes. So if we're talking yep. about if he's of the of the same essence, he, he he's not subordinate in any way, according to biblical Christianity, right. when we're talking about in his very being, his very essence, right, right. he's the same. So Mike, I heard someone explain it this way. They said, um, if you draw a line, so from left to right or right to left, uh-huh. whichever one you prefer. Okay. Uh, so if you draw a line, not a vertical line, but a horizontal line, and you put the name, you just write God on top of the line. Okay. And then everything below the line is creation. Okay. So creature, creature, I can't say creator creature. Yeah. Creator creature distinction, which is pretty traditional in Christian theology. We would understand things that way. And so if you have the son anywhere other than with the father and the spirit above Above the line, line. you would end up having them uh, lesser created beings. Right. Uh, And so I thought that was kind of helpful having it stick in our mind. Arianism is going to somehow have it not be the son is not of the same essence uh, as the father. Hmm. So there's going to be uh, subordination, right? Yeah, which is which is problematic. It is a problem. All right, good. Uh, Nicene Creed is where we start seeing the response to this. So Nicene Creed is going to be what three twenty five three twenty five. Yeah, um, they're using the, the heretics are using the Bible Bible verses to show or try to try to show try to try to try to show uh, that the Son is subordinate in His very being in His very essence um, that He is not just distinct. Uh, and equal from equal to the father, but he's distinct and somehow lesser mm. uh, and underneath him in some way, shape or form. Am yeah. I making sense? I think so. Yeah. So you're saying when the heretics are taking the Bible and they're trying to prove their point that Christ, the son is subordinate. They're saying, no, 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 it's not that he is distinct and equal, but it's, he's distinct and subordinate yep. underneath. He'd be underneath that Which is going to be Arian. That's going to yeah, be Arian. Arianism. It's going to be heretical. It's part of the Arian heresy. Right. Yeah. So now the Nicene Creed, which I think we should read, uh, the Nicene Creed comes, obviously we think of the Council of Nicaea, 325 AD, but as we have it, it actually is a little bit, um, per, I don't know, perfected is the right word, a little bit more mature. It actually comes from the Council of Constantinople a little mm-hmm. bit later. They revise the Nicene Creed and beef it up a little bit in 381. Yeah. Uh, but most Christians, if you've been a Christian for very long, even if your church doesn't recite the Nicene Creed, you've heard of it before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it actually is really important. Yes, it is very important. so you want to go for it? Yes, the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. Okay, I'm going to pause you there. Pause, stop you there. So that's that's the Father 
aspect, which yes, is good, right. Uh, right, and important. I think that's one of the things that they had to beef up because at Nicaea, they were only emphasizing the sun, the sun so yeah. there was some criticism. Uh, that's off the top of my head, though. Don't, quote, don't record me and post this on a podcast <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> Too late. Right? Okay. Yeah. So right. Na- now comes for the... Now come. Now we have the Christological part, which is really what we're dealing with when we're opposing Arianism. Yes. So here is the next part. The next part of the Nicene Creed. <laughs> you need to drink some more <laughs> flaming hot Cheetos Mountain Dew. It's a struggle bus. Okay. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten. Not made. Super critical, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. it's just the bonus factor. Yes. One million. You're yeah, right. There. Begotten, not made, of the same essence as the Father. Through him, all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again according to the scriptures. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. Phenomenal. Great stuff. Worth learning, worth memorizing, worth repeating. Uh, And every time you think about that, read that, or it's recited in a church, uh, it is a counter to Arianism. Right, yes. Uh, so it's helping us to focus on what is true and right about Christ, but it's also countering Arianism. He is, in fact, very God of, very God begotten, yep. not made. We're not going to get into a lot of the details today on that particular issue, but it actually is really important, right. and it'll be recommended in resources that we recommend also. Yes. There is an emphasis on the Holy Spirit as well, because yes, we have yep. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yep. it says, and we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, and it goes on to say lots of other important things, but we're going to stop there. We have Father, we have Son, we have Holy Spirit, we have the triune God, and uh, we have equality. Um, equality in their very essence. We don't have the subordinationism of Arianism. Right. So that's yeah. what we're talking about. So when you hear Nicaea, Nicene Creed, it's a response. Nicene Christianity is Orthodox Christianity, and we want to blow the dust off such things and remember such things so we don't drift into Arianism and heresy, even like we see happening in evangelicalism today. And we'll talk about that in just a a packed a moment. Yes. Number so, second question. Yep. What made Arius persuasive? We already kind of alluded to this earlier, but what made him so persuasive? Why I, do people follow? Yeah, I think the obvious thing is he he had Bible verses. <laughs> yep. Yep. So this this guy is not the the local atheist. Um, and his right. his yep. ment- his mentors believe the Bible was true. He believed the Bible was true. Um, and he didn't make this stuff up on his own. They're giving him Bible verses, and so he reads things like "I have come to do your will." Mm. Uh, he knows the Son said. The those kinds of things. Colossians refers to the son as the firstborn of all creation. Yeah. We're going to come back yep, to yep, that. Yep. But, oh, wow, maybe he's a created being. He's maybe he's not the same. Maybe he's special, but he's not the same. The son submits to the father. Mm. Uh, and so maybe uh, if he is God, he's some kind of lesser God because he, he's in subjection to the father. All of those things he's referencing. And when you don't hear the opposite objection or you don't hear the opposite argument, I should say. Yeah. You might think he's onto something. You might be drawn to him. Um, he's not 
rejecting Jesus. He's not rejecting that Jesus existed. He's not rejecting that Jesus is unique. And I think this is important even in our day. Sometimes we don't realize what the error is or the heresy is, and then we hear people saying true things, and they're citing Bible verses. And so we think, oh, okay, it's fine. We're really the same, and we're same, playing for the same team. Hmm. When we're not, yeah. it's not that Jesus was just unique. The Bible teaches he's actually eternally God, yes, uh, yeah. God of God, light of light, yeah. uh, th- that, that sort of verbiage. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But I guess I would also like to point out the fact that Arius was persuasive uh, because from what I've read, uh, he had a charismatic personality. Mm. He was a likable kind of guy. Uh, he had slogans on his side. They even had little jingles, little, little, jingles, little, little songs. songs. So you might go to the marketplace to go buy your, I don't know, tomatoes, tomatoes, which is it? <laughs> you may go buy your fresh produce or go visit the bread maker or whoever, mm-hmm. and you may actually be asked about such things or sure, you may be yeah. told such things. Did you know there was a time when Christ was not? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was trendy. It was fashionable. And they had a good marketing program on <laughs> <Yeah>. their side. <laughs> a good marketing firm. What is it with like the, the, the orthodox level-headed Christians? They're just not into the marketing thing. Get, well, we, we lose when it comes to the... To this particular war. <laughs> we do. We're not here to sell. We're just uh, proclaiming truth. Yeah. And then typically when people say, well, we're, what we're going to do is we are going to teach the truth, but we're also going to do like the other guys and have a good marketing plan. They always end up compromising. Yeah. I don't know always, why that is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't forever know. a struggle, forever a struggle. So, all right, let's move That's on. True. Okay. So who opposed Arius? Who was against him? The Pactum. The Pactum. <laughs> Top of the list, the We are not pro-Aryan here on the Pactum, (laughs) regardless of what kind, spelled with an I or Or a Y. Y. Uh Uh-huh. Well, since Jesus is always the answer, Mike, I think Jesus Jesus definitely opposed Arius if we want to speak, what's that word, anachronistically. Hmm. What a great, great word. That is a good word. So obviously it's Arius, but in all seriousness, if we think about Jesus and what Jesus said, for example, when he said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is like Christianity 101, right, basic yeah. mm-hmm. great commission, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, the rest of it's also important, but even think in terms of, it, it wouldn't make any sense if Jesus were somehow a lesser deity or a subjected deity under the Father, under the line, and the Spirit is maybe even below that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't even make sense, even in the Trinitarian baptismal formula. Right, yeah. Even it, What a radical statement it is to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and, and the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. I think, I know, speaking for myself, I overlook the significance of that yeah. and what that says about Christ and what it says about the Spirit and what it says about the Father. Yeah. So who opposed Arius? Jesus opposed Arius before yeah. there was ever even an Arius. Yes, that's so, exactly right. But also Athanasius, yeah. he's the one who is most famous next to Jesus, yes. under, under Jesus. Athanasius would have definitely quoted Jesus in Matthew 28, and, uh, but he's the guy that everyone knows about. Yep, that's he, one you hear about. Yep, he would have come, a, he was a little bit of what one person said, a late bloomer as far as he's going to come at... Uh, uh, he's living during Nicaea, is that right? Uh, yeah. I, let's see. He died in 373. Yeah, but he's young at the time. Yeah, and yeah. So, But he's the guy who's really going to come out swinging that we're well aware of, acquainted with, Athanasius. We have yep. the Athanasian Creed, which is defending you know, Orthodox Christology. Right, yeah. 
But when we hear about Athanasius, we should hear things like there is from him, there's only one God. Right. And if there's only one God, we can't have Jesus as some sort of subjected lesser deity. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, if you allow for there to be a, you know, a main God, if you will, yeah, the Father, and then, the and then we have lesser gods, uh, somehow now we're back into polytheism. And which, if there's anything that is contrary to biblical Christianity, it would be that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is monotheistic, uh, Trinitarian. But if we have lesser gods, then we're, we're actually, I mean, the whole thing just gets dumped and it makes, kind of, makes it kind of obvious if you think of it in those terms, Arianism. It's wrong because it would be a form of polytheism. Right. Yep. And then also, if we keep moving, thinking about Athanasius, uh, Athanasius also uh, really, really stressed the fact that if God alone can save, and God alone is the Savior, then salvation wouldn't be possible if Jesus were not only, if he were only human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got to be divine. And we go back to the Bible text that supposedly sided with Arius, and Athanasius doesn't mind blowing yeah. the dust off of the context and saying, let's pay a little closer attention. Right. Uh, the very text you're using, you ought not be using. Right. Yeah. Get- that, that text is John chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. And that is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So he didn't make himself. Right. He himself is the creator. Yeah. And if we think of that text and then think of other texts like the Colossians 1 text, uh, it also helps. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Oh, Arius is all excited about that yeah. one. Right. Uh, but if you keep reading, for by him all things were created. So he's, he himself is not created. He's the firstborn of creation as the creator because he's the preeminent one. Right. Uh, he has first place in all of them. That's the idea of firstborn there. So it's um, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he goes on to talk about how in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning. So he's the firstborn from the dead. So he's also the preeminent resurrected one, firstborn from the dead. He's the firstborn of the new creation uh, is the idea there. So we probably don't need to keep reading, but there's lots of great stuff in there. Right. But the emphasis is he's preeminent. He's, it's, it's using firstborn in that sense, clearly according to context. And so the Arian verse is not actually a good Arian verse. It's actually a better Christian verse. Right. And Athanasius says, get your grubby mitts off of our <laughs> Bible verses. I'll take that back. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. Speaking of getting your grubby mitts off of, oftentimes around Christmas time, we see memes where um. we have... Who's smacking who? Uh, mm, mm, mm. It's it's uh, Saint Nicholas <laughs> right. smacking Arius, right? And uh, <laughs> I think there is actually some truth to that. It might not have been Arius, but somebody who was an Arian. Yeah. Um, and so I heard someone trying to explain that away the other day because they they thought it sounded you know too abusive. And say, well, you know that St. Nicholas would have gotten in trouble for that. And it really is not a good idea. <laughs> but I do think it actually, people. I do think it actually happened. And it uh, doesn't mean he was praised for it, but he was so offended. His sensibilities, his Christian convictions and sensibilities were so offended by the fact that someone would say there was a time when Christ was not. Yeah. Um, that he, he smacked that dude upside the head. Uh-huh. So that's good. I, I think there's one, maybe they use a Batman meme. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Batman hitting yeah. somebody else? Batman's hitting some, well, yeah. That yep. mean, yeah. Also, think of 1 Timothy chapter 2. We could go on and on here on the Pactum because yeah. there are a lot of Bible verses. There's a lot of Bible verses. But 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, there's, for there's one God and there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ, the man. Jesus. Think yeah. the man Christ, uh, divine and human at the same time as our mediator between none other than God and men. Yeah. So we got we need to keep all of those kinds of things in mind as far as responding to Arianism. Uh, Athanasius is our guy. Athanasius won the day, although for a long time in Athanasius's life, because of back and forth and political issues going in, uh, political issues involved, uh, there was a saying that was this: Athanasius contra mundum, hmm. meaning Athanasius against the world. Yeah. I forgot how many times he was sent away and exiled. Uh, four times, five times, um, but really he, he took it on the chin and things were hard for him, but, and whether he realized it or not, Athanasius, by the grace of God, did win the day, yeah. uh, and we're not Arians today. Yep. Um, we are more Athanasian, if you will, according to the Nicene uh, Creed and according to the Bible, really. Yeah. Well, let's keep rolling here on our episode on Arianism. We have five questions about Arianism. We're on number four here. Uh, number four, we mentioned earlier about how Arius had Bible verses, and so that caused people to follow him, believe what he was saying. So thinking about that, what is it that Arianism can teach us about Biblicism? Biblicism, episode one. I, this has been in the news yet again, maybe not in the news, but in the Twitterverse and in social media. <laughs> Biblicism, just for clarity's yes. sake, let's remember, Biblicism sometimes is used for a, as a label for those who believe the Bible. Yeah. We, we, okay, we're Biblicist in that sense. Sure. Yep. But in, in ac- academics, in Christian academics, and people who have kind of been around the block and know what they're talking about and don't just kind of use it on the fly, most Let's just say scholars, at least the ones that I've read. Sure. I'm not a scholar, but um, in lots and lots of different resources, biblicism is when you're anti-confessional. Mm. It's when you have Bible verses and you you will only use Bible verses right. and you'll only use Bible words and you want to start from scratch and try to interpret the, interpret the Bible all by yourself, not with the church before you, not with the church during your lifetime right. and after you. Yep, yep. That's what we mean by biblicism and it is not a good look. Arius was a biblicist. biblicist he was a yeah. hardcore Biblicist, and we need to keep that in mind. You could also go to our episode 39. It's called Trinity Drift, comma, Biblicism and Aquinas. Yep. That's with Matthew, Matthew Barrett, Barrett, where we yeah. talk about Biblicism. But Biblicism is a bad look. Biblicism is dangerous, and Arius was a Biblicist. In fact, he when he butted heads uh, with others, he wanted to say, you're only allowed to use Bible words. You're not allowed to make up extra biblical words, whereas the opponents... Uh, people like later on Athanasius yeah. and people like Athanasius would say, no, since you say you believe the Bible's true and we say we believe the Bible is true, we're going to create extra biblical categories or extra, we're going to use extra biblical words, words yeah. so that we can figure out who's playing for Jesus and who's not yeah. playing for Jesus. And so it was the the classic and it's famous, the homoousius yes. or the homoousius. Is Jesus of a similar essence, mm-hmm. a similar kind, or is he of the exact same kind? Right. Uh, and so that was a big part of the debate. And we as Christians would say, and as Orthodox Christians, uh, we would say he's of the same exact essence, not similar, not similar but yeah. same exact. So we're, we're on the homoousius side, not the homoousius side. And maybe to weigh in a little bit here would be if we want to tap our friend Turretin. Yeah. 
Turretin. Because we we think Turretin knows some stuff. Yes. And Turretin's pretty smart. He says the Aryans denied the Homo Usian because it was not contained in scripture in so many words. Hence they call hence they are called syllable catchers. Syllable, <laughs> syllable catchers. Which I is like weird. That. Right? <laughs> but I liked it too. I knew you would. So um again, he's not using the biblicist word, but really he's describing them as biblicists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it is helpful in our day. It's good to use extra biblical words sometimes to capture big ideas that are biblical, yep. whether it's to smoke out the heretics or for the purpose of convenience. Yep. So you want to go ahead and read that, that next one? It's a little bit wordy from Turretin because it's a point of interest. Arius asks, why is the word of which neither the prophets nor the apostles make mention added to the apostolic faith? Therefore, it is better to return to the simplicity of the sacred writings and mm, reject... Sounds good. Yes, sounds and, so pious. And re- Arius does. And reject from them all words invented by men, oh, or at least yeah. compel Athanasius no one hereafter to swear by them. <laughs> <laughs> reject all words. Yes, I'm rudely interrupting Mike, but <laughs> Arius is the one who sounds pious. Yeah. He's, oh, I just follow the Bible, it's, yep. and oh, I'm so godly and so holy. Holy, unlike you pagans who use extra biblical words, wah, 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 it's just wah. Wild, he's yeah. the one who's the, he's the heretic. Yeah. So let that be a lesson for us. Even today, when people refuse to use extra biblical categories, sometimes they use them wrongly. Um, but we're actually in good company with Athanasius right. uh, and his followers. Maybe one other thing here. He, re- uh, Turton references Augustine. And he says, against the impiety of the Arian heretics, they introduced, they meaning the Orthodox, they introduced the new name Homo Usius, but did not sig- signify a new thing by that name. So they're capturing the old biblical truth just using the new name. Hmm. And then he goes on to Turton cites Thomas Aquinas, who I hear we're not supposed to cite. Yeah, we but appa- apparently Turretin, and I think Turretin knows some things about <laughs> yeah. some stuff, yeah. uh, and he's pretty orthodox. So yeah. Thomas Aquinas says, the necessity, <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> so many things. The-, the necessity of disputing with heretics compelled them to invent new terms expressing the ancient faith. Mm-hmm. So we wanted, yes, it's the ancient faith, but sometimes in order to smoke out the bad dudes, we're going to use new terms. New terms, yes. Very, very helpful. We don't like us some biblicism. Uh, no, it no. seems like they, it sprouts uh, heretics a dime a dozen. All over the place, right? Uh-huh. All right. All right. Wrapping it up with our fifth question. This might be a doozy, though. Fifth question. Uh, yeah, make sure if, if, if you've not stayed tuned... If you've not stayed If you've tuned, quit listening, start listening again. That's right. <laughs> if you're not tuned in still, you should tune in. How does that work? I, Can uh, we put a special if alarm? If you're dozing off, wake it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to miss this part. Take so a swig it, of it, your Mountain Dew flaming Hot. If let's you're yelling at your kids right now and distracted and not listening to the Pactum, or if you're dozing off, <laughs> uh, no, you won't, you'll want to pay attention Snap to this Snap out part. of it. That's right. Maybe we should have started with this part. That's all right. But we didn't. All we'll right. Keep them listening to the end. Number five. Where can we see Aryan-like tendencies today? Oh, Ooh. so even if they're not full-blown Aryan, they're flirting with they disaster, yes, which is yeah. f- flirting with disaster flirting is a song the- by, do you know, Mike? No. Molly Hatchet. Who's that? <laughs> you'll Who's have to, Molly Hatchet? You'll have to listen. <laughs> I don't know. I listened to it on my way here because I was thinking about these heretics or these uh, evangelicals even today who are flirting. Mm-hmm. They're, they're flirting with Arianism, flirting with- <laughs> even if they're not full-blown Aryans. 
Okay. Uh, we so who? Who are moving it? on. So, well, the non-flirters, the actual Aryans the actual. today would be people like Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes, yeah. I mean, that, that's, they're, that's they're worse one. than Aryan, right. which is hard to do, but we also have other cultic um, factors, also, also extra cultic things, extra right. texts that they write. And, right, yeah. So they're, they're, they're way out there, but they would be a kind of Arianism yeah. because they're going to deny the Trinity. They're yeah. going to deny the eternality of the Son. Uh, and com- make him some kind of extra special created right. angelic-like being. So right. JWs are off the list um, as heretics, and they're Aryan, uh, in a sense, full-blown Aryan, but then we mo- and worse. But then we move on to evangelicals where they are flirting with Arianism, uh, and maybe they cross the line sometimes, and here's where it hits closer to home, right. people that we have appreciated and things they've written and things like that. So we see it with writers like Bruce Ware, uh, we see it with writers like Wayne Grudem and Owen Strand, yep. uh, and also in the Center for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood, yes. uh, where they're really trying to argue for distinction in roles, roles and they yeah. end up using the son in somehow in his essence so, uh, being subject to the father, right, and it, yeah. it's, it's Aryan-like. Right, yes. So these are people who would not say they're Aryan. They would want to be with Athanasius, and we're grateful for that. But Matthew Barrett, who we've had on the show before, does an excellent job in pointing some, some of these things out. He's gotten a lot of hate mail for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he does an excellent job in his book, Simply Trinity. Mm-hmm. And we would, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes. We would commend that book to you. But he says this, uh, there is a novel view that has emerged within evangelicalism called EFS, mm. eternal functional subordination. Yep. And sometimes it goes by different names, yeah. uh, claiming the son is subordinate to the father in authority within the imminent Trinity. So in his very essence is what we've been saying. He's saying within the imminent Trinity. EFS is not biblical, comes dangerously close to three heresies. We're talking about one of them, Arianism, right, yep. uh, and threatens a Christian view of salvation and worship. So that's important. He goes on to say EFS is also a version of social Trinitarianism, Mm -hmm. which is a departure from biblical and Nicene orthodoxy. So this is no small matter. This is actually a really big deal. We're talking about the doctrine of God. We're talking about something that maybe if we paid closer attention to creeds and confessions, maybe we wouldn't make these mistakes, but we're going to do biblicism. And unfortunately, sometimes when we hear uh, statements used in creeds and confessions, we don't take the time to say, wonder what they meant by that. Yeah. Uh, Begotten, not made, and things like that. And we don't take the time to do the research, and we just... um, Say, well, I've got a Bible verse that seems to say otherwise. And before you know it, we're committing yeah. heretical kinds of statements like we've seen in EFS. Uh, again, from people that are good in other areas, but when you're getting the doctrine of God wrong and you're kind of a functional Aryan, yeah, that's this is a big deal. It is a big uh, deal. I, I think about it, Mike. If we are we going to start having Jehovah's Witnesses speak at our conferences because they're conservative when it comes to their social values? Right. No, yeah. um, <laughs> no. But that does seem to be the case. We're giving a free pass to people. Yeah. Uh, some of those that we just named, even though they're getting the doctrine of God wrong. And it's one thing, you know, we've talked about this before on the show. In all sincerity, that it's one thing to be wrong because we've been wrong <laughs> and, and you just you just gotta you gotta cop you gotta cop to it you yeah. gotta say you know what i was wrong yeah. uh, you know, thank man. you for helping me and we're gonna issue a retraction and we'll edit the podcast <laughs> because Been it happens that. <laughs> yeah it happens but instead of digging your heels in and saying you know what we're right and i'm gonna come after all you guys yeah, yeah. who are criticizing me and my relatives uh, not not good. Barrett goes on to say, critics classify EFS with the historicizing family because EFSers 
whether they realize it or not, project the functional subordination of the Son to the Father during the incarnation back onto the eternal imminent Trinity only to return. So in other words, it's one thing to see things that happen that are associated with the incarnation. Sure. Yeah. And so what's, what Barrett is saying is right. You see things associated with the incarnation, right? but don't take those kinds of statements regarding subjection, for example. Sure. Yeah. And now impose those on the imminent Trinity, right, yeah. on, on the son in his very essence. Right. So and when that, I've come to do your will, Jesus says. That's a great thing for Jesus to say. Yes. And that's a good Bible verse, but don't forget you're talking now in terms of the incarnate one doing his work of redemption. Right, yeah. And they're actually, it actually is a big deal. It's a right. big distinction. A big part of good sound theology is making proper distinctions. Right. And that is one of the proper distinctions. It's not new. It's old. It's very old when we're talking about the triune God. And again, when we just kind of start over, me, myself, and the Bible, and I don't know what they meant by what they said in those creeds, them, their creeds them, back their there. Them, their creeds. Um, well, we don't need to reinvent the wheel, as we like to say. It'll probably be square, and right. we don't need it to be square. Barrett does name names. Again, he says the EFS, the position of supremacy within the Trinity. How about that? Supremacy within the Trinity, hmm. that's problematic, right. belongs to the Father alone, not to the Son. That's an error. He's Barrett's posing that as an error, and definitely not to the Spirit, who has the least authority of all. That that is blasphemous, according to Nicene Orthodoxy, right, and yeah. we would say biblical Orthodoxy. The Father alone in the EFS system, according to Barrett, the Father alone is quote now. This is a quote from Bruce Ware: "Supreme among the persons of the Godhead." Hmm. That 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 is, that is wrong in on every day that ends in Y. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he goes on to say he alone has quote ultimate supremacy. Wrong again mm. on every day that ends in Y. And he alone is, quote, supreme in the Trinity. That is a quote also from where the Father, quote, stands above the Son. Uh, and the Father, quote, has absolute and uncontested supremacy, including authority over the Son and Spirit. End of quotation from where again the Father, quote, stands above the Son. Uh, that's another quote. And is, quote, supreme within the Godhead. Whew. Yeah, this this is this is an opportunity for people Ooh. like that to say, "I'm sorry, I made a mistake, yeah. I'm wrong." Mm -hmm. But instead, what we seem to be seeing, at least in social media, is everybody's digging in their heels and they're opposing again that they're opposing Athanasius, they're opposing Nicene Orthodoxy, they're opposing the Catholic faith, and we don't mean capital C, right, yeah. we mean lowercase C. Yeah. So. It's okay, it's right, it's proper to make the distinction and say when we're talking about the economy of salvation, mm, but yeah. when we're talking about God in his very essence, we're talking about ontology yep, maybe ontology. is the right word to yeah, use, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is a problem. Yeah. So I was talking to one of my kids the other day about, the, about being conservative. Mm. Maybe this helps. And I said, you know, when you're conservative, uh, what you want to do is it's okay to make changes because sometimes people before you were wrong. But what you want to do is be slow to tear down that fence. I said, do you see that fence over there? We were by like the interstate or something. And it's kind of an eyesore. Maybe we should just tear it down. Hmm. Well, before, maybe we should, <laughs> but before we do, we should probably look into, you know, why it's there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe, maybe there's a good reason it's there. It's easier to tear things down than it is to build things. Uh, but maybe it would be a good idea to find out why it's there. And maybe it's a good idea to leave it there. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's, that's a that's a good helpful analogy. I think, yeah. In Christian theology, we want to be conservative. Yes, some of those who've gone before us have been wrong about things, and sometimes we need to tear that fence down. Yeah, but other times they actually put that fence there for a reason. Yeah, and we're talking about God, the Son, being the divine one, not in subjection to the Father, because then he would be a lesser deity. Right. In his very essence, he is equal. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right. There's a reason why they said things the way they said them. And we need to, even if we're trying to show that there's uh, good good in showing the difference between men's and women's roles, let's say. Yeah. And I would affirm that it's good to acknowledge the difference between between men's and women's roles. Yeah, yeah. But let's not tie it to the... Uh... <laughs> the roles in the Trinity. <laughs> let's... let's... Let's not do that when yeah. it comes to the ontological trinity. So yeah. I'm learning. I'm thankful for, to be honest with you, I'm thankful for those who've gone before us. And if I'm honest, I'm thankful for the errors we're even watching before our very eyes. Yeah. I'm glad mm-hmm. I don't have to be front and center fighting the battles. But I think it's it's weird to kind of watch what's happening and to watch people defending their heroes, even if their heroes are, are actually the ones teaching historic heresy. Yeah, yeah. So with all of that said, I think we need to keep in mind there are good resources. Let's keep learning from the battles that have gone before us. Yes, so hopefully we don't commit them now, but they there's nothing new under the sun, and we're going to keep going through this in God's providence. So Pactum Verse listeners, pay attention. Um, try not to just be driven by emotion and who your favorite fanboy is yep. or, or who, who you're a favorite fanboy of. Yes, yeah. And pay attention to the fact that it's good to acknowledge when you're wrong, if you're wrong. And let's go for classic, historic, confessional, biblical Christianity as opposed to something new and novel because right. of our ignorance. right. Yep. Mike, resources we want to recommend yeah, when it comes to this? Yeah, a couple resources. Are you recommending the Flaming Hot Mountain Dew or not? Uh, I saw it get 2.5 out of 5 stars the last place 2. I checked. 2.5 out of 5. What would you give it? Uh, I'm gonna, I'll, give it a, I'll give it a 3. Okay. I'll give it a 3. Okay. It's in, yeah. I keep wanting to open it up and try another little sip, you know? That's, I think it, it might help maybe against uh, Arianism. How, yeah. I'm going to slam it, you know? <laughs> Drink the whole thing and you will never be an Arianist. Arian. If we can keep you from being a functional flirting with Molly Hatchet Arianism, uh, we would be willing to send you a case of flaming hot Cheeto inspired Mountain Dew if we can just talk you off the ledge off the and ledge, bring yeah. you back to classic Christian Nicene Orthodoxy. Yeah, that's right. So, a couple of resources we would recommend uh, Know the Heretics by Justin Holcomb. We've mentioned that in previous uh, Help from the Heretics episodes. We would recommend that to you and the chapter on Arian. Also, as we've quoted from here in this episode, Simply Trinity by Matthew Barrett, excellent, excellent resource, uh, talks about these very things we were talking about just recently, EFS, um, things dealing with Arianism as well. So we'll, we'll link to those in the show notes this week. Yep. And if you want to be in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on our website, thepactum.org. And we will see you next time on The Pactum.